Good morning, all. This is Coffee with Jim, podcasts with influential, successful healthcare leaders. It's my great pleasure today to be here with Dr. Raj Shand, currently Chief Medical Officer at Fair Oaks Hospital in Virginia. He's formerly the president of VEMA, the Virginia Emergency Medicine Associates. Our topic today is empathy-based physician leadership. Raj, thanks so much for being here with us today. Jim, thanks for inviting me to talk with you. It's great to catch up. So excited to learn more about your new role as the Chief Medical Officer. A lot of good stuff on your plate, and they are so lucky to have you. Thank you. Thank you. It's very, very kind of you. A lot that I learned from working with you over the years that's been really helpful in my previous work and in my new role. Oh, well, kind of you to say. So Actually, let's take a little step back, Raj. I know you just kind of completed your transition. You were six years as the president of VEMA. They were sad to see you go. They knew you had a great opportunity ahead. But as you reflect back and look at those six years, not only as the president, also as a, an emergency medicine provider, what are some of the things you noticed? What were some of your takeaways? Yeah, great question. Uh, Virginia Emergency Medicine Associates is a acute care services practice. Been around for 30 years focused on emergency medicine and hospital medicine at two hospitals in Northern Virginia. And our team has grown significantly. We grew from about 60 people to about 100 people over about five years. In terms of what did I learn from the role, a couple different things. I think in different phases, you need different skill sets. And so I think probably the one thing as we talk, I mean, I know that any number of physician leaders listen to your work. Probably the number one skill I would say that you need as a physician leader is learning agility. What I mean by that, I think in medicine, we often think like, I need to go in with all the answers, like go to medical school and I go to residency, I'll have what I need to know. But that's not really true in leadership. And that's not even within the same role, your learning needs are going to change year to year. And whether that's in a given year, the challenges are around revenue cycle or patient experience or operations, figuring out how can you learn rapidly, kind of get up to speed. And I have some strategies around that that I'm glad to share. That's probably the number one takeaway. The second thing would be the important of delegation and really trusting your team to do the work. Because as a leader, you're really a force multiplier. You can't be an army of one. Even though you may have a certain vision about how you want things to go, that really has to kind of go through your team. Your job is to empower them to do that work. Those are probably some of my, my biggest lessons. I think I probably didn't do enough delegation early on. And as toward the end, I did a considerable deal more and things really got better, uh, both for me as an individual uh, and then also for the group. I think we just had better results. You know, you mentioned a bunch of things, right? Learning agility. And one of the things that you are so open, you are such an empathetic leader. Remember, we did the DISC tool and we, the team did the tool. And it's pretty rare that a, a leader leads with empathy, especially from a specialty that is incredibly fast paced and requiring urgent care and split second decisions for uh, life and death situations. You talked about learning agility. Tell me a little more. You mentioned a little bit about strategies. Tell me more also about empathy, because there were some times when you were kind enough to notice that some of your colleagues were frankly burning out. You opened up the door for them to have some coaching dialogues and some other resources to help them to a better place. So let me stop there. Yeah, that's great. We can talk about the empathy piece first, since I think clinician burnout, 
hospital leader burnout uh, is such a major topic. And I think we are shy and not vulnerable about talking about it. I think we all have periods where we burn out a little bit, uh, some of us more than others. And recognizing that in our colleagues is really critical. And it shows up in different ways for different people. The thing that I think allowed me to recognize it and say, hey, this is a problem, was just really having strong relationships with folks and, and really making sure that I really got to know them, not only just as clinicians and not only just as leaders, but in terms of people. What are their family lives like? What's really important to them outside of work? Because there's a whole part of life that happens outside of work. And we often don't talk about it, especially as physicians, and we don't talk about it with each other, knowing when someone's struggling, when someone in their family is struggling or having a health crisis. Those are major impacts on your work. So that's really key. And that I think those strong relationships, friendships allowed me to notice that, hey, maybe something's not quite normal. Uh, what's going on? Is there something that we should talk about? Or I just noticed that this behavior change has happened. What's, what's going on? Let's talk about it. Let's grab some lunch. I'm a big believer in when you have meals with people, you really get to know them because you're not, it's just not a meeting or an agenda. You explore different things. And that's been really valuable in terms of noticing what is going on with people and building those relationships. And then what does that tool set look like in terms of how do you help people? Because the causes of burnout are myriad. For some people, it's they're burning the candle on both ends. They're doing a ton clinically and a ton administratively, leadership-wise, and that's not a sustainable path. So just giving them permission. Hey, it's okay. You don't have to work as much clinically. Let's find the ways to carve out time. Uh, or just there are seasons of life where you're on a really busy project and you need more time and your, your leader can help you with that. But if you don't ask, you'll never get that resource. Also, one of the things as a leader that you do is you are a connector. So I know of various resources, have access to various resources, can execute on various resources, like you know the work that you did with us in terms of helping some of our physician leaders and physicians with burnout. And I think you could probably comment on various themes without getting into specifics, but I think the causes of burnout were very different for different people. Encouraging people to take real time off, encouraging people not to do these very long stretches because it's very easy in clinical medicine to go 12 days without a day off. And, and when you do that, you really burn out. Any odd uh, things that you thought in terms of trends, Jim? I mean, you've done a lot of coaching around uh, physician burnout. You, you hit all the key points, Raj. I think the only thing I will just underline at Vima, and I know you're going to be doing that at uh, Innova Fair Oaks, you created an environment where it was psychologically safe. You created a structure. To oversimplify, you created the a two-pronged solution, let's say, that was organizational as well as individual solutions, right? So individuals had an opportunity to take time off, to work on their, their own, let's say, development path, to notice the things that they were doing that were maybe getting in their own way. And I think so many of your colleagues appreciated that the president was noticing that they were struggling. And organizationally, you set up a culture that was an empathetic culture where people were not, let's say, looked down upon or be made to feel weak if they were noticing that, frankly, because they had such a commitment to their patients, that was contributing maybe to some of their burnout. So those are some things that I observed. Any thoughts? So, yeah, I mean, I think one of the things I think I learned from you is the idea of unstructured time. Mm. And I think that there's a linkage here because there's also unstructured time with your people. And what does that look like? Mm. How do you spend not just here's our meeting, here's this problem that we're going to solve together, but how do you create that unstructured time with your team uh, is really important. And I know one of the things I learned from our conversations is how do you create unstructured time for yourself as a leader? How do you block that off? I, it's something I still struggle with, very honestly. Mm -hmm. I, 
I know I should be doing it and I should be doing it regularly. And I think it has, when I do it well, it pays dividends in terms of my thinking, in terms of the opportunity for deep work and where's the work gonna go. But carving out that time is really hard. The world is designed to prevent you from doing that, both with your team and in, as an individual. So that's something that as leaders, we have to press up against and make those blocks of time, create those blocks of time. So new role, now my second month as the chief medical officer at Inova Fair Oaks Hospital. We're about 180 bed community hospital, part of the Inova Health System in Northern Virginia, five hospital system. The role is, it's different. I mean, I think that same theme of sort of learning agility is, comes up in this work because as we were talking a little bit about before the, the conversation is leading a team of a hundred clinicians is very different than leading a team of 2000 clinicians that are really disparate in different groups, different specialties, different stages of their career, and being able to connect with their clinical leaders and also drive the results that, that we want to drive, that I know they want to drive because we're really lucky. One of the reasons I took the role is we have a very engaged medical staff. That's fundamental. I think a lot of change initiatives fail in hospitals and health systems because physicians are not part of the conversation and things come to them after the fact. That's been, you know, I think a major focus of mine is how do I build those relationships? How do we start then operationalizing some of the things that we need to do here? Very wise as usual, Raj. So some of the things that you touched on from our previous dialogue are, you know, what are the things that you need as a leader and bigger picture, maybe in wrapping up, what are some other things that you might offer physician leaders today? We're, we're kind of in a unique moment, right? We're, yeah. we're in the midst of a pandemic and COVID is still a, a huge unknown. You've led through crises before. You've led through uncertainty before. Parting thoughts about, again, for yourself, leadership opportunities and or suggestions for leaders, physician leaders writ large. Yeah, for physician leaders writ large, I would say it's really important to know yourself. And I know that's kind of classic advice, but really figuring out how are you going to do that in some structured way? Is that a DISC tool? Is that strengths finder? And then using that to kind of go back and I think of both of those tools. I've, both, I've done both of them and I think of them as a lens in which to think about my own work and behavior. How do I show up? What's normal for me? What's a, what's a natural tendency for me? And so, I mean, I'll just be open. One of the things that's a, a very natural tendency for me is to be collaborative and sort of that dichotomy between being collaborative versus authoritative is something that we've talked about. It's through that process of getting to know yourself and something I did not do early on in my career. And I, I wish I had done more of early and it may have driven some of what I would do later. So I think that was the one thing I would say for leaders. I don't think you can overinvest in relationships. And I know that's a very broad topic. Finding some regular cadence in which you're connecting with your team, either in a structured or, or unstructured way, but that's really critical. And then figuring out there's so much incoming for all of us. How do you learn quickly? We'd like we talked about, and maybe just a quick tactical example. So during COVID, I'm not one for social media. I haven't really used it, but during the peak of the COVID crisis, I started to get on Twitter because I would hear about these stories that people would, uh, would share. I remember a hospitalist at NYU shared this experience that she had about patients' oxygen levels dropping dramatically when they walk. So kind of an ambulatory oxygen saturation. And that was something our team had never heard about in March. There's nothing even on our radar. I never even heard about it in a disease. I picked it up from Twitter and we deployed it and we saw it. We saw that pattern over and over and over again. Maybe as a very tactical example, Twitter has been very helpful in finding people that I think are thought leaders 
being able to learn in kind of quick snippets. That's something maybe a, a tactical takeaway that people can can leave with. But yeah, those are those are some of the the big themes: learning relationships, and then figuring out what are your strategies to execute around that. You know, one of the many things I appreciate about you is you're always sharing your book lists with me and and your sources of information. You are uh, always out there reading many sources. So that example is a great one to wrap up with. Uh, you kept keeping yourself informed, your team informed, and obviously it, it helped your patients and community. Well, in wrapping up today, I just want to say it's always a pleasure to work with you. I know you're going to be successful in this current role. Wish you every success, and I know we'll be talking again soon. And of course, best to your family. With you as always, and I look forward to talking to you soon. That was Dr. Raj Shand talking about his jump from group president to Hospital Chief Medical Officer. Tune in to our podcast archive at jamesmckenna.org.